0: South Africa's first minister of electricity always gives such optimistic updates on the power supply crisis in South Africa. Let's check in with his shadow, Samantha Graham-Marie, the Democratic Alliance's shadow minister of electricity. Welcome, Samantha. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me again. I'm really happy to be here. Last time we spoke, you said you and the minister were passing each other like ships. In parliament have you had a chance to have some meaningful engagement with him since then
1: um well not really not not one-on-one per se uh he recently briefed parliament on the um energy action plan and the progress that they had made um and because it was done in parliament we got the opportunity to uh rebut that so i did get the opportunity to to give a speech and as you said he's he's very good at giving optimistic updates and in fact in the speech, I said to him that I can understand why he was nominated by um, the Feather Awards as Social Act of the Year, given his genial nature and his affability, but I also said that a, a nice smile and good dance moves are not going to solve the electricity crisis. So I had the opportunity, obviously, to speak directly to him in Parliament through my speech, but again, we haven't had a chance to engage one-on-one. He still hasn't presented to the Portfolio Committee, and he still you know giving his his feedback via media which doesn't allow for too much interrogation certainly from a political perspective so it it is still difficult for us to pin him down and get him to actually admit to anything he's been there since march what would you say are the most tangible achievements
0: during his time as minister
1: i don't think there's actually anything tangible that's that's happened um at this stage of the game we're still experiencing um rolling blackouts they have obviously minimized, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Casili's come back online. So they're providing a lot of the missing megawatts that we that were causing the sort of stage six load shedding. But again, as he said this last week, they took their, their finger off the, the pulse, they took their foot off the pedal, and we had unplanned outages again. Um, so, there are a lot of issues around the fact that there isn't anything tangible that he can point to that says, Okay, well, this is what we have done, this is what we have fixed they're basically relying on existing infrastructure and trying to keep that maintained so that we have we have limited um, load shedding they haven't brought a single megawatt of renewable energy online. the four thousand seven hundred megawatts that they That they brag about in their weekly updates are all private um, megawatts that have been brought online through things like rooftop solar. Um, They're incapable of bringing um, anything online because of the grid constraints. He, the the figure for the grid repair has now moved from 155 billion to now 390 billion. I said in, I think he said in his interview. So at this stage of the game, um, all we're sitting with is ideas, uh, themes, new new concepts um, you know, promises, but there's nothing literally tangible that has happened in the in the time that he has been the, the Minister of Electricity. So we have his optimism on one side, but we also
0: now have ESCOM's uh, medium term report. I know it's very technical and you're probably wading through it uh, during the night. what have you gleaned from it so far?
1: Well as I as I say to people, I'm I'm a politician, I'm not an engineer. So um believe me, Chat GPT has come in very handy when I've had to get get um, artificial intelligence to explain some of the concepts because it is a super, super um, detailed technical report. The concern around this, so, so this report basically looks at the period from 2024 to 2028 in terms of what the electricity provisioning is going to be like. And at this stage, they look at what they call operational reserves. In other words, when, when the, the electricity provisioning falls outside of the frequency band that is required to keep it in check, what operational reserves do we have in place that can kick it back into, into that frequency band so that we don't have a total grid collapse? So the concern here is that looking backwards in the last year, there have been a number of times where that frequency band has been breached. Um, which is deeply, deeply concerning. Luckily, it appeared that the operational reserves were in place and they could actually kick it back into place, but there are concerns about the extent of the operational reserves that we have in place going forward. So this is not a very positive um, outlook at this stage, but as I say, I'm about halfway through, um, and we will we will finish the, the document and obviously put out a statement on it. But it is very, very concerning. That the, unless something major is done to address our demand and ensure that we are dealing with things like our peaking time. So when it's a peak peak time, we are going to be in a lot of trouble. And one of the pilots that have been, that have been started is a smart meter program. And um, they've piloted in Johannesburg. And according to all the reports, it's going very, very well. The problem with that is that this whole thing is shrouded in secrecy. So I put in a PIA request to the minister to ask who's, who's getting the tender, how much do these meters cost, um, because it's a 16 billion rand project, ultimately. And, and and the reports were that there's a secret funder who's involved and they're 3,000 rand a meter. And so I've asked for all the information. I've been ignored. The Act says that if you do not receive a response, you can take it as a no, which means that they are refusing to give me the information. So I've now submitted um, parliamentary questions on this to, to Pravin Gordon and his capacity as the head of Eskom or the minister in charge of Eskom. Um, so hopefully he can give me feedback because it's an ESCOM project. So there are these projects that they are muting that they're looking at doing sort of on the demand side management of things. But they're all being done sort of behind closed doors and with no, with no real transparency. And smart meters have the effect of, they, they call it a load lessening effect. So what happens is, is that when the frequencies hit a certain uh, amount, it switches off your house. Then it comes back on to see if you've reduced your load. If you haven't, it switches it off again. And you're given the opportunity periodically to reduce your load. But that means your house is being switched on and off. And this isn't limited only to a load shedding period, which means that even when other people are not being load shed, you could be load lessened through your smart meter. So this is something that should be done under consultation with people before they are forced to have something like that um, put into their homes that can dictate what appliances they can and cannot use at any given time in the day. So it's deeply concerning that these sort of decisions are being taken under the guise of, you know, we need to deal with the load shedding crisis. But a lot of them might have a hugely negative impact on us. I just want to take you back to two words, secret
0: funder. <laughs> oh, That's stuck in my mind. What?
1: Exactly. Why? It's- the reports that I've read from the minister when he engaged with the media, when he, so again, it was one of those things, smart meters were touted quite early on in his, in his um, term, when he, shortly after he came into, bearing in mind that there was a deeply concerning issue around smart meters when he was the mayor of Chwani in 2013. Um, there was a whole sort of fraudulent tender process that happened there around smart meters. Then he came in as Minister of Electricity and suddenly the smart meters were back on the table, but with no indication of how it's going to work. And he kept talking about the secret funder. Now, as I say, 16 billion rand is a lot of money. I can't see somebody just drumming up 16 billion rand for smart meters, but I can't get information because I'm being blocked. And have you asked Minister Praveen Gordon
0: about that secret funder specifically?
1: Yeah, so so in my in my questions that I submitted last week, because I had given them about 100 days, you, you, they've got 30 days to respond to a PI request, and they can extend it to another 30 days. So shortly before the 30-day period, um, they came back to me and said, we're busy working on it. That was in August. So I sort of gave them the benefit of the doubt and thought, okay, it'll take a little while. But after 100 days, I, I think the message is quite clear. I'm not going to get the information. So last week I did... Submit the questions to Pravin Gordon and one of the questions on there was um, who the secret funder is. And also, you know, if, if, if we as the consumers are going to bear the cost in some way, if there is no secret funder and a 16 billion rand project is, is put in place, who is actually going to bear the cost of that? And why would you use a smart meter, for example, in an RDP house where you've possibly got a geyser and maybe a fridge and maybe a TV? It's, it's like, you know, smashing in a tiny nail with a sledgehammer. Um, there are other mechanisms that can be used. So um, I don't think they're thinking this through very cleverly. Um, but we need to find out what the thinking is around the smart meter program before we can actually address what it's, what it's going to do. Any other issues that you took up with him? Um, essentially what I was saying is, and, and, and it comes back to your first question, is if you look at what is happening in the Western Cape, and the achievements that have been made in the Western Cape in the period that he has been the Minister of Electricity, it's like chalk and cheese. And it just shows you that where you're not dealing with political agendas, um, you can actually get to the bottom of everything. Um, so the, West, the Western Cape are about to release the Integrated Resource Plan. We've been promised this, the one from the Gwedi Mantashi since 2021. Now, your Integrated Resource Plan is your electricity blueprint for the next two years. And it should be updated every two years. The last one we had was in 2019. So the the Western Cape are doing their own integrated resource plan. The Western Cape are doing their own master plan. They They are opening up to all sorts of technological ideas, new advancements, new mechanisms that they can utilize to address both demand side as well as to bypass the grid in terms of electricity distribution. Um, so that the grid constraint can no longer be muted as, an, as, a, as a barrier to provision of electricity. So all of these things are being done in the Western Cape, while Minister Ramaphosa is back on another tour of all the Eskim power stations and is now promising Eskim employees a good Christmas if they get things right. I mean, it's like rewarding a fish for swimming, for goodness sake. They should just be doing their jobs and we wouldn't be in the, in the predicament we're in. Thank you. That was the Democratic Alliance's Shadow Minister of Electricity,
0: Samantha gray speaking to Biz News, giving us an update on the electricity and power supply crisis in South Africa.